You are now listening to The Model Health Show with Sean Stevenson. For more, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to The Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert, Sean Stevenson, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in with me today. On this episode, we're gonna be talking about superhero training. We're gonna be talking about taking our health and fitness to another level with a true superhero trainer. Somebody who's trained the likes of Ryan Reynolds, AKA Deadpool, Sebastian Stan, AKA the Winter Soldier, Emily Blunt, who many people are advocating, who are demanding for her to become Mrs. Fantastic, AKA the Invisible Woman. Also David Harbour, who is in the recent, the brand new Black Widow movie as of this recording. Black Widow has just come out recently and he plays Red Guardian. All right, the list goes on and on and on and taking these celebrities and helping them to transform into the superhero status that we see on the big screen. But also it goes so much deeper than that because our guest today has really worked over the years with everyday folks with professional athletes and really helping them to tapping into more of their potential, to really tapping into becoming the best version of themselves. And that's what it's really about at the end of the day, because as you're going to learn, it's not about having Ryan Reynolds program or Emily Blunt's program. It's about programming and designing things around what you need right now. And so very, very excited about this because we're ushering a new era here with the Model Health Show. We're ushering a new era really with our society at large because we have a great opportunity right now. There's so much in flux. There's a lot of things taking place, a lot of big changes where things were very kind of permanent and cemented earlier on prior to pandemic times. And now things are really shaken up. And with things being shaken up, they're a lot easier to change. And now the question is, what kind of change is that going to be? Is it going to be for the betterment of humanity and our health? Is this going to be about health or is it going to be about something else? Is it going to be about manipulation, control, and continuing to feed the sick care system that unfortunately, as a society, our health, our overall fitness and vitality, our functionality has been declining dramatically in recent decades. I've shared these statistics many times on the show, but I'm going to continue to share them until they really get us to wake up and open our eyes and really jar us to understand how severe the situation is. Whereas this was the vast minority of our society just 50, 60 years ago, now it is the majority. Right now here in our society, currently here in the United States, 242 million of our citizens are overweight or obese. All right, 242 million. 130 million of our citizens are right now diabetic or pre-diabetic. Right now, 60% of our citizens have some degree of heart disease already. Right now, about 115 million of our citizens are regularly sleep deprived. Yet 70% of our citizens are on pharmaceutical drugs as we speak already. Has it made the situation better? We need to get honest about that. Medication has its place, but why are we so severely disconnected from what health looks like? Why are things getting worse with our health? We have so many advancements that have been made in technology and with our understanding about health in the human body. Right now, the question is the science that has come forward recently. Number one, are we doing it? Are we applying the things that we've been discovering? And largely, no, we're not, because unfortunately, for the, the collegiate education to take place and to become widespread through those means, 
through teaching up and training new physicians and new nutritionists, those changes take time. It takes quite a bit of time for the old pages to kind of die out and to, to become obsolete, the old textbooks, and for the new cutting edge information to come forward. And this is why mediums like this are so important and so powerful right now at this time in human history, because you can get immediate access to the person who's running the clinical trial on sleep deprivation and the effects on body composition and obesity. You can get immediate access to the very best trainer in the world. Truly, if we're talking about the, the term celebrity trainer and, and learn his knowledge base firsthand, what is he doing? What is he applying with his clients? You get to learn firsthand. This type of thing has never existed before. and It's such a great gift. But also it comes with this parallel of right now, even though we have access to this kind of information, there's also a lot of noise. There's also a lot of nefarious information that is detracting from our progress in our health as humanity, right? There's many distractions even for our mind. So we can't even tap in and get connected and execute on the things that we learn. So this is so much bigger than just getting fit and having six pack abs, you know, but if we want to learn about that, We've got the guy here on this episode today to, to talk about that and to teach you what are the things that are proven to get you to that position. So really pumped for this episode. And as I mentioned, also, we're, we're dealing with a very complicated time right now with our health. And so obviously, your nutrition is a major component of this. And the biggest underlying facet of this is really realizing that our immune system itself is literally made from the food that we eat. Right, and the vast majority of our immune system being located in our gut. Right, it's this very, very thin lining that is separating the microbiome and a vast array of microbes existing in our gut from our immune system itself. And within this immune system, it is right there in our gut front line because what we bring in through our diet, what we're eating, what we're putting in from the external environment into our body is a top priority of concern because number one, our body's going to hopefully be able to make human tissue, like our immune system, for example, our immune cells as well, out of the foods that we're bringing in, but also it needs to be there to defend against pathogens that might be coming in. It needs to be there to, 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 to regulate any kind of, of environmental toxins and poisons that might be coming in. So it's a very energy intensive experience in, in the system. But one of the big underlying issues today, as we know, has to do with inflammation, right? So we're talking about a very pro-inflammatory pathogen that's on everybody's mind, but it's not a virus or a bacteria that does a thing. It's not the inflammation itself it doesn't come from the virus. It's the body's response. It is your immune system's response to the pathogen that's creating the inflammation. So we want that inflammatory response, which is basically sending out a distress signal to the immune system to come and take care of the thing. We want it to be appropriate. We want to make sure that it's not going too far and creating chronic inflammation. And so what are some of the things with our nutrition that we can do to address this inflammation? Well, a study published in the European Journal of Nutrition uncovered that in addition to down-regulating inflammatory cytokines, you might hear this word cytokines and, and it starts to bring up that term cytokine storm that's become so popular. But in addition to down-regulating inflammatory cytokines, curcumin, the bioactive, the dominant bioactive compound found in turmeric, also has been found to upregulate the activity of adiponectin 
and other satiety-related hormones, finding that turmeric has been proven to improve insulin sensitivity, reduce blood fats, and found to directly act upon our fat cells. So, and our fat cells can be an underlying trigger or mechanism for inflammation themselves, right? That pro-inflammatory state with our fat cells is kind of sending out a distress signal and creating more inflammation. We talked about that recently on the inflammation masterclass that we did right here on the Model Health Show. But another really interesting thing about turmeric and curcumin are its anti-angiogenesis properties. And angiogenesis is the creation of new blood vessels and a pathway for cells to be able to get nourishment. But also cancer cells use angiogenesis for them to grow unchecked. And so we want to have foods that have proven selective anti-angiogenesis properties to defend the body against cancer cells, basically to starve cancer cells. And a study published in the Journal of Nutrition found that curcumin from turmeric is also able to reduce angiogenesis, not just with cancer cells, but also with adipose tissue. So together with its effects on lipid metabolism and adipocytes, the researchers noted that it may contribute to lower body fat and reducing weight gain, stating that, quote, our findings suggest that dietary curcumin may have a potential benefit in preventing obesity, unquote. All right, so this is something that I take multiple times a week. I get a super critical extract, a concentrate of curcumin and turmeric. And one of my favorite formulas is the turmeric complex from Paleo Valley. And one of the reasons I really love it is that there's also some fat-soluble components to this. They also have coconut oil within this turmeric complex. So they've got, all right, so there's organic turmeric, coconut oil, but also one of the biopotentiators being black pepper is in there as well in the formula. Ginger is in there as well. It's a really incredible formula. They do things the right way. Their sourcing is immaculate. We want to make sure that we're paying attention to the supply chain and where our stuff is coming from, that it's done right. That's why I absolutely love the turmeric complex from Paleo Valley. Head over to paleovalley.com forward slash model. That's P-A-L-E-O-V-A-L-L-E-Y.com forward slash model. And you're going to get 15% off the turmeric complex. And also you should know that I'm a major fan of the essential C complex as well with all my favorite vitamin C dense superfoods, camu camu berry, amla berry, acerola cherry, there's no product like it on the planet. And of course, they've got some delicious superfood bars as well, and truly superfoods in the real meaning of the word. Based on delicious cashew butter, it's got organic blueberries, organic spirulina, acerola cherry, turmeric. Just is so good, so good. If we're talking about a high quality food bar, so emphasis on food and superfoods, Paleo Valley is it. And if you're interested as well in upgrading the whole Slim Jim paradigm, if you're doing a meat stick, they have 100% grass-fed meat sticks there as well. So, but their superfood bars are organic, packed with dense superfoods. Their turmeric complex, their central C complex, amazing, amazing, amazing. Pop over there, check them out, paleovalley.com forward slash model for 15% off. Now let's get to the Apple Podcast Review of the Week. Another five-star review titled Fantastic Podcast by Aunt Jenny Five. I just found this podcast in the last six or so months. I am sorry I did not find it much sooner. I love the content and format as well as the study-based information that Sean provides. The content is interesting and relevant. 
Thank you for your hard work and an amazing podcast. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I appreciate you so much. Thank you for sharing that review over on Apple Podcasts. And if you've yet to do so, please pop over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review for The Model Health Show. And on that note, let's get to our special guest and topic of the day. Today's guest is Don Saladino, and he is a celebrity fitness trainer in every sense of the word. He's trained some of the most accomplished athletes and movie stars in the world, getting them ready for performance on the field or on the big screen. Some of his clients include Ryan Reynolds, Emily Blunt, Blake Lively, Sebastian Stan, David Harbour, Liev Shriver, the list goes on and on, and also professional athletes like Dwayne Wade, and he's been working with some of the top golfers in the world. And really, that's one of the places that he got his start in the field was specializing with golf, as you're going to hear about today as well. So in this episode, we're going to dive in and talk about the essential need for fitness right now more than ever, but also the accessibility of it, the access being there at a different level than we might realize and tapping into that. And also, what are some of the foundational things that we can utilize to really tap into our very best level of fitness, no matter where we are in our lives. All right, so let's dive into this conversation with the one and only Don Saladino. My guy, Don Saladino, how you doing, man? Welcome I'm back to the good, show. Man. Thanks for having me to Cali. I'm loving this. I'm very excited to be here. Thanks. It's my pleasure, man. You took the road trip from Vegas, which of course your home base is in New York. It is. And uh, out in Vegas, your wife's hometown. Yeah. And yep. then the drive from Vegas to here. Five hours. Yeah. But productive. You and I were talking about it earlier. So yeah, no, it was um for us, it's like driving from New York to Vermont. So about five yeah. hours is 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 about what I like to handle in one day max. So yeah. it was it was perfect. And you've got two teens. Yeah. I, I can't believe that. That's, that's crazy. My <laughs> because, daughters will be 14 and my son will be 13 soon. So. That's amazing. Yeah. Because those road trips when you're at that age, if yeah. it was back in the day, it's like, you know, are we there yet? Are we there yet? But now, you know, we've got technology we've got so many things we could do to make the process you know, it's, it's funny i was thinking about that on the drive over because my kids didn't say five more words to me because my wife and i were having a, a meeting and i was like well, what did i do i was like oh i was on my disc man and I brought, I, I brought that up when I, when, when no, when, when I used to take road trips with my okay, parents, I, I was on it now. No, no, I was no, like, no, 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 I don't even know you can find one. But I, but I, I, I was laughing because I, I turned to my daughter. I'm like, do you know what a disc man is? She's like, what are you talking about? And then right. we, we were in Vegas and we saw a phone booth. There was some yeah. like, imagine some weird place in one of these uh, shops. I'm like, do you know what a phone booth is? She's like, what's a phone booth? Right. And I'm it's like, so man, crazy. I'm old. The world <laughs> is so <laughs> different, man. That disc man, like how did, what do you even do? Dude. We used to run with that. Do you yeah. remember when they Holding had the no-skip yeah. ones and you'd have the little hand would slip into the back end of it and you'd run with it, and the, but your arm Crazy. wouldn't really be moving. It was Looking weird. like, uh, yeah. I don't know, some kind of a like super running villain. man. <laughs> yeah, right. So I've been to your gym yep. in NYC, mm -hmm. Drive 495, yep. and I never thought to ask you where the name actually came from. Took about when we... God, I mean, we, we had the place for 15 years. So um, our lease expired last May of 2020. So it, it's no longer, but we, the address was 495 Broadway mm -hmm. and drive was, you know, it was the combination of like having drive in the gym and, and driving a golf ball because it was a golf fitness facility. And it, it just, I mean, we didn't really love the name. It was something that would took us months to think about. And finally, we were like, you know what, let's just go with this, whatever. And then, you know, some marketing experts that we were friends with were like, well, we don't really like it. They're going to think of it's the 495, which is like the equivalent of your 405 here. Mm -hmm. um, and we just went with it. We didn't really care. And it stuck. And that was part of our 15 years of branding. So it was very good to me at that place, but it was time to move on. 
So you had a really great virtual driving range. Yeah, indoor there. simulators, a bar. We we, yeah. we did corporate events, which actually in 07, in 2007, 2008, just got hammered when, um, uh, what was it, Bear Stearns went under and Lehman Brothers went under and we had to restructure like most of our business plan because we were doing so much corporate entertaining. Um, we, you know, and then we evolved to something else. And that's when I kind of got into training a lot of the superheroes. And then my career went in a completely different direction uh, than I imagined it would. So, for the so better. And that's kind of unique uh, at that time for you to like target. I think you were looking at, let me work with golfers. Yeah. And that was a big kind of template for you. Yep. So, when I first saw the name, I was like, I wonder if this has something to do with golf. And I didn't ask you about yeah. it though. And then I saw the virtual setup. I was like, man, but I just forgot to ask you about it. So what got you interested in working with golfers yeah. early on? So my, my brother was a professional golfer and okay. he, he played down wow. on the mini tours. He was down on like the Hooters tour, the Nike tour was, a, and um, God, 21 years old, 22 years old. And then decided like, it just wasn't for, for him. Mm -hmm. And then moved back up to New York and became one of the most accomplished amateur golfers in the Mets section. And my brother and I went out to Titleist and we went through their whole TPI program. You know, Dr. Greg Rose, Dave Phillips, these guys were like geniuses when it came to, you know, golf fitness. And we went through their training program and we said, you know, we might be onto something here. What if we yeah. open this really exclusive club with indoor golf sims, but we had fitness around it? Um, and it was, it was great, but it was also very confusing from a marketing standpoint. Cause you had golfers coming in going, well, I don't want fitness. I just want golf. And then you had fitness people being like, well, I'm not a golfer. We still built that membership, but it just took time. It was very hard to scale it. Yeah. And now you see other facilities opening up, um, you know, that have indoor golf, but they're much more about, you know, the entertainment aspect of it and maybe some lessons and stuff like that. But we were the ones who pretty much created it. It was, it was, it was, it's fun to look back on now. That's so powerful. Yeah. And, you know, strength and, and just functionality, all mm -hmm. these things are such a big part of all of these sports mm -hmm. now. I remember a time when it was kind of seen as detrimental or even like oh, sacrilegious yeah. to be lifting weights if you're a baseball player, for example. We had Ozzie Smith on the show. Right. Oh, man. He's like, Legend. Yeah, man. Greatest you know, shortstop me, me being ever, from St. Louis, yeah. like it was a dream come true. When I was a kid, my two idols growing up were Ozzie Smith and Michael Jackson. Yeah, and on, so, great. and I tried to wear the thriller jacket to school one day, it did not work out for me. I so, think I wore that also. It definitely didn't work <laughs> out for me. <laughs> but, you know, and ha having the opportunity to talk with him, where I, I met him at the gym where he's, right. you know, in, he, he was in his 60s, I think, when I first met him. And he was there just working on getting stronger and yeah. functionality and just, but he's very early adapter to lifting weights. And yeah. he was doing that to extend his career. He had an injury to his rotator cuff and he went to find another way to throw the ball. And so what he was doing was a lot of people were looking at him crazy and he ended up having this incredible longevity, oh, yeah. like 13 straight gold glove awards and low key, he was lifting weights, getting stronger. And now it's just commonality. You know, it's funny, uh, another um, athlete that was like that was Gary Player. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, golf hall of famer and everyone's like, well, Tiger Woods brought fitness into golf. Yeah, he, he popularized it. Um, but Gary Player would, I mean, he was literally push-ups and bodyweight squats with his caddy on his back, and he literally lived by that. And if you look at Mr. Player now, guy's in incredible shape. He's older. He can still swing the club. He looks great. You know, he's always wearing black. I mean, he's just, he's just cool. Um, but yeah, in, in my opinion, you have certain athletes that were doing this a long time ago, and they weren't really looked upon as like, oh, well, well that's interesting. 
know, but you know, like you said, Ozzy doing it, or maybe maybe Noel Ryan. How did Noel Ryan get so much longevity? I heard stories of him working out with his arm in a barrel of rice mm, and right, just rotating yep. internal rotation, external rotation, and just guy pitched for what twenty seven years. I mean, he blew his arm out at forty. I think it was forty six years old. He threw his last pitch, um, and I think they said it was ninety seven or ninety eight miles an hour. Unbelievable. Like that to me is like, that's incredible. I was 46, he had no hair on his head and he was throwing the ball 98 miles an hour. But that's what's possible. That's what's possible for us, you know. I agree. Getting stronger is like a big part of our longevity. You know, now a lot of the science is pointing to, even our muscles are kind of like a reservoir for Mm. anti-aging hormones. Mm -hmm. And this is, I'm so grateful to have you here to talk about this because, you know, right now in our society, there's a lot of, challenge with our health. Mm. And I think that it's routinely, unfortunately, kind of downplayed how important the work is that you provide, which is helping people because functionality, physical literacy is such a part, a big part of our longevity and our survival as a species. Right. And so the the tools that you bring to the table, I feel like we need to have a a renaissance or and I, it can be happening right now. I'm hoping that it's happening right now towards looking to how can we become more physically literate right. and also just overall improving our strength as a species. So how do you see that playing into things right now with all the issues going on? Well, it's interesting because I almost look at what you talk about as the, it is the most important stuff from the sleep and the um, you know and nutrition and all these other things. For me, exercise is, is somewhat, it gets overcomplicated sometimes because I'm not expecting people to be the way that I am. Like I, I shot uh, content with a friend this morning. We trained for probably two and a half hours, I mean, which is excessive. I would never expect anyone to do that, but we got out to Muscle Beach and we, then we trained in Gold's Venice and did all this old school stuff and we had fun. But I'm not expecting anyone to do that, nor am I even telling them to do that. I'm just asking them to move 10 minutes a day or five minutes a day. And if they're one of these people who are like, oh, Don, I just, I want to want it. I just want to be able to get off the couch. I want to be able, just start with something very, uh, take a minimalistic approach, break a sweat, move, get your heart rate pumping, allow your body to just gain a little elasticity and let's build some confidence. And then in time, maybe the question is, well, let me, let me try 10 minutes today. The problem that I have in our fitness world is that it's becoming very fluffy. And even though we're getting people off the couch and we're getting them to move, it's all about um, what new sexy exercise can I show? And then people are looking at this and they haven't really earned the right to even, I mean, most people, don't earn the right to do any of the stuff being put on social, unfortunately. But when you take someone who's not used to moving or sitting for eight to 10 hours a day, and then they're trying to you know, do a, a headstand on a BOSU ball, something bad's going to happen. It's a bad example. but That's I think a great you, example. But, I, but I, I, think, I think you get where I'm yeah, getting at is that absolutely. what I'm trying to do with the people that I work with is I get them moving. Yeah. Now, my high-level people, the Ryan Reynolds, the people who are, are getting ready for these movies and they have to move and they have to have this performance physique. Um, they have to live in this performance physique world. Yeah, it's a little bit of a different equation there. But if we get you moving a little bit, you want to make better choices. Then you think about maybe not having the ice cream seven nights a week and maybe not having the alcohol seven nights a week. And maybe you're even cutting back to three nights. There may still be a problem there, but at least we're going in the right direction. At least we're building a little bit of um, good good habit. Yeah, that's what it's really all about, man. I'm so grateful you said that because it's just going in the right direction. And we tend to have this all or nothing mentality yeah. a lot of times. And like you said, it, things can be really overly complicated, especially mm-hmm. with so the, the advent of social media being such a dominant force in our lives. Oh, I mean, listen, everyone puts up what, what, what they wanna show you. 
You know, this morning I left the gym. I was shot. I went and I met my buddy, this guy, Eric Smalls, who's, um, he handles confused muscles. He does all the uh, calisthenics. And I was trying to do muscle-ups. I couldn't do muscle-ups. I was like, okay, fine. I can't do muscle-ups. Like, big deal. Let's go work on other stuff. Like, I'm not sitting there trying to front or trying to play it off like I'm doing. Like, no, I'll, I'll talk about it. Guys, I was tired. I couldn't do a muscle-up. Like, sorry. <laughs> like, we move on. But I think a lot of times it, it gets in people's heads because we're always showing that perfect angle or that perfect shot or that perfect move. Yeah. And I, I think, yeah, it's motivating certain people, but I think it's also um, shedding up a poor light on, on what fitness is all about. Right, and it really boils down to simplicity. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little mm -hmm. bit because with that simplicity, you said something in our first conversation that I still think about today, oh, cool. which right. is somebody earning the right to do a certain exercise. Yeah. When you said that, like that was, a, a shift in my, because these are things that I think about, but you put words to it. Yeah. And so getting to a place where we earn the right to do more advanced things, mm -hmm. what are those foundational things for every one of us that we need to invoke in our lives just for basic physical culture and functionality? Ooh, I mean, there's certain things that we need to be able to do in our life. Like we need to be able to sit on the toilet. Like it's just, it's just yeah. how it is. So am I telling you to put a bar on your back and start squatting 500 pounds? No, but we have to start establishing those basic movements. I think with us and the amount of sitting that we do all the time, we start losing this elasticity in our muscles. And that's why our body really starts feeling like junk. Mm -hmm. So on day one, am I taking someone who hasn't moved in 10 years and I'm gonna get them doing plyometrics? No. But the goal is to get those joints, get some lubrication in those joints, um, get some elasticity in those muscles and get them to the point where I can get them moving again like they did as a kid. Now it's all at a different level because certain people, yeah, we, we might not be doing a 50 inch box jump. Let's, I, I accept that. But if I can take someone in their 50s who came in with back pain and then in time maybe work with our team of physical therapists or maybe work with um, you know our team of nutritionists to get inflammation to calm down. And then in time, we see that their body, oh wow, sleep's improving. Wow, we got 15 minutes extra sleep every night, 30 minutes extra, we're in the right direction. How are you feeling? Body's feeling better, not feeling so tight. I'm getting out of the car and I can actually, I feel like I could jog across the street. All right, we're into something. Maybe let's start with some light jogging. Well, how much, like three miles? No, like five to 10 seconds. Let's see how your body feels and just reestablishing that movement. And I think when we do that, you would be surprised on how good you can get your body to feel. And I think a lot of us just check out. I, I think, oh, I'm getting older. Yeah, it's, it's harder to put muscle on. I'm really proud to admit that over the last six months, I lost eight pounds of fat and put on two pounds of muscle for my, I didn't even know I was shooting the cover of muscle and fitness till four weeks before. But I came in with a strategy. I came in with a plan. I was able to do that naturally at 44 years old. So for those people saying that you can't do it, well, you know, it, 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 it's done to a level there. You can, you, can, you can argue it to a specific point, but, you know, I'm proud to say as I'm getting older, I feel like I'm moving better. I feel like I'm, I'm working on things in my life, you know, from a rest and recovery standpoint. Yeah. And it, but for me, it's fun. It's not, it's not a job. It's something I really enjoy doing. Yeah, that's the secret. Tapping yeah. is that fun. And I love the fact that I asked you about fitness and you immediately deferred to nutrition, sleep, all these other components that these things matter. Because it sure. all, because you know what, it, it all works. If you get someone yeah. off the couch and you get them doing something, just just don't don't hurt them. <laughs> like, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like if, if you're breaking a sweat and they're moving, like people are like, oh, you don't like burpees? Like no, I don't say I didn't say that. I said I don't like burpees for the majority of the population because they can't maintain a plank and they always go into excessive extension or they can't even do a proper push up. So why are we doing a ballistic? I want to get my heart rate up. Get on an airdyne bike. 
Go as hard as you can for 10 seconds. Tell me how you feel. There's just a better selection of things that we can do to be able to promote that same training effect. But we all, so many of us are going to that fluffy movement and they end up hurting themselves or they're not able to push at the, at the rate that they can eventually be able to push at if they went in with a little bit more thought. Yeah, I love that. So the complementary aspect. So obviously working on movement, doing what we can, mm-hmm. but having the, having the sleep addressed, having yeah. the nutrition addressed, maybe some other services, some physical therapy, whatever needs to push us along. Now I want to ask you to get specific because mm-hmm. like you mentioned, being able to sit on the toilet, that's a, a squat. It's, it's important. All right. So we've got a squat dialed in. We probably need to be able to, you know, if we're just looking at functionality to be able to, you know, walk in a, you know, a, a decent way, a uh, hip hinge. Yeah. So, so what I, are some I, other I think, I think a squat, a hinge, a push, a pull, and some type of a core movement. And I think at, at a very minimalistic approach, if someone was to come in and choose those five movements, bodyweight squat, um, bodyweight RDL, or maybe um, an inverted hamstring, which would be a one-legged RDL, that would be a progression, a push-up, some type of a row or a pull-up, or um, if you don't have any exercise, maybe like a prone cobra. If you don't have any uh, equipment, maybe a prone cobra. And then working on your plank or your side plank, or at a very bare minimum, working on those things. Well, I can't do a push-up off the floor. We'll do it off an elevation. You know, Annie Hathaway and I started working a few years ago, and I remember when I met her, I could talk about this. She was like, I want to do a push-up. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm, yes, we started her on a high desk, then we yeah. moved her down to a, a bench. She's doing sets of push-ups now, like perfect hard style push-ups. Like yeah. she developed strength. Like Annie's, you know, Annie's not 20 years old. She's getting older like the rest of us are, and she's getting stronger. So for me, that's what it's about. It's just accepting where you're at, and let's just try and find a little bit of consistency, and that'll lead to improvement. I love that, man. That made me think about um, one of my mentors, really good friend of mine. He's actually in his 80s now, and uh, he came in. And it's one of those situations where you end up learning a lot from the person that you're working with that's coming to you for assistance. Oh yeah, it's happened to me. But he came in, he couldn't lift his arm over his head. And yeah. his you know, physician, unfortunately, was just like, you know, this is something you're gonna kind of have to deal with. Mm-hmm. But you know, we got him in touch with a you know, different physician who had the same goal as him. He was working along with me. And cut to, it took a year, but, and we started him, once he had functionality with his shoulder, we had him holding the, uh, the Smith machine bar oh, and yeah. brought that down to use for pushups. Yeah. You know, he's almost standing up the first time, but he could drop down on the floor and do full pushups amazing. after about a year. You know, you and he's in his 70s. And, and you he, removed that parking brake. There was a yeah. shoulder issue. And you removed that parking brake and you gave it some freedom. And then you were able to build strength. Mobility is a strong word in, in, in my vocabulary. I mean, people always refer to flexibility. They're like, oh, well, I'm not flexible. I'm like, you're plenty flexible. You're, you're doing a split and you can hold your leg in the air. You're a dancer. You might be lacking in stability. Stability, in my opinion, is the, co- I'm sorry, mobility, in my opinion, is the combination of flexibility and stability. Mm-hmm. That equals mobility. Mobility is combining flexibility and strength. And it's important for us to have that. In my opinion, you can get a golfer as big, as strong as you want, as long as they're able to get into those positions that you need them to get into. And golf is the one sport. Oh, if he gets bigger, if she gets bigger, she'll get too tight. I'm like, no, we've seen some big golfers out there now who can hit the ball very far and that are really strong, but they can get into positions. Dustin Johnson's a strong guy. I've worked out next to him in the gym a lot. Or Rory McIlroy, I know well. Like these are strong people. And um you know, their, um, their additional muscle, as long as it's purposeful, as long as it's functional, it's going to apply well to their sport. Yeah. You, my, my son, Jordan, 
who's he's 20 years old. Cool. Just this past weekend, for the first time, swung a golf club. He went with his friend, who's an like avid it? golfer. And so I called them up afterwards, and right. I was like, you know, so so how'd it happen? And he gave the phone to his friend. It's this, his friend is from Australia, yeah. uh, Harry. And Harry's like, your son is a golf prodigy, mate. <laughs> I, I was like, what? How my is son, that well, my son is very muscular. He's very, very muscular guy, safety, you yeah. know, on his football team, captain of his football team. Um, but he just, you know, it's, it's also, he's very, he has such grace, you know, mm. in his movements. Your definition of mobility is a perfect definition. Yeah. Because he, he sees himself as not being very flexible, but he can do all of these different movements and he has stability with it. Right. And it translates over to right. just about anything that he does. I love it. Tell him, uh, tell him that's pretty impressive. You never hear anyone going out in the golf course and being like, I got this. Normally it's like, why would I want to do this for five hours? I just knew that he was going to, you know, suck at least a little bit, but he said he's a prod. Like, that's a strong word. And in I like looked at him in his never, eyes like, you never hear that. Prodigy? <laughs> But yeah, man. I so, but now I've over the years, especially recently, I've really found a lot of value in carries. What do you think? Oh about my that? god, I think probably the most underrated of all exercises. Mm. I mean, I I think a farmer walk. It's funny. I um, oh god, what, what publication was it? Did an article on all the superheroes. I get ready for movies, and they're like, "There, uh, what's the magic exercise?" I'm like, "There is no magic exercise." But the one exercise that they all did in common was was some form of a carry variation. So whether it's an overhead carry, a rack carry, a farmer walk, a one arm carry, a bottoms up carry, every one of my clients I have do a carry, and I I just think that they're they're magic. It's a carry for me is a moving plank. It's a moving plank mm, where you stabilize yeah. and you create um, stability in the entire body. It's safe. We'll get people post rehab when they when they're transitioning from their physical therapist. We can get them loading heavy. Um, we've developed incredible shoulder pressing strength by doing carries with someone who's, you know, ha has an injured shoulder. So for me, um, you can go heavy. They're very safe. Um, there's still things to think about. I don't want someone going and trying to pick up 800 pounds. Can you pounds. detail, let's give yeah. maybe two versions of carries, detail what it looks like for people listening. Yeah. So I, I think a carry would be like a very basic farmer walk. So it'd be like if you were picking up two suitcases and you were walking through the airport with them, envisioning doing that with a dumb, a two dumbbells or two kettlebells. Um, for really strong people, they might stand in the middle of a trap bar and they might walk. And the purpose is to stabilize and, and, and keep your shoulders level and good posture and making sure that you're not arching your, your back. So you're really, it really is a full body exercise, but it's a moving plank. So you train everything from the ground up. Yeah. Um, and then there's different variations of them. You can do them one-handed. You know, I could do an overhead where I have a kettlebell in my hand and I have to promote keeping my ribs down. Now we're working on shoulder stability. Now we have to really lock in that lat. And as you're walking... And you're carrying a 48 kilo bell over your hand, you tell me how your body's feeling. You're going to be like, oh, wait, I got to correct myself um, and get myself into this position um, that's going to promote strength on one half of the body to stabilize. So I hope that wasn't too confusing for the, for the followers, but uh, for the viewers, but um, they are magic exercises. I think at the very um, minimal approach, start with a two handed farmer walk. Pick up two weights, walk across your gym for 25 to 50 yards or 25 to 50 steps, anywhere in that range I like. And then in time, as you develop some consistency, go heavier, go heavier, and go heavier. And then your heart rate's gonna be working and you're gonna be sweating. And then you're gonna focus on creating tension in the body, which is really important for strength building and body composition. Yeah, so good. Thanks. So you mentioned that this is one of the things, consistent thing with the superheroes mm -hmm. that you've worked with. 
I want to ask you, what was the first superhero movie that you actually were a part of? Uh, Hugh Jackman's. Uh, Hugh Jackman, um, and I can tell you when it was. It was right when my daughter was being born because he invited me over to Australia to work with him. Um, so that was but 14 I, years ago. I heard a story about you actually turned him down the first time. No, no. I turned down going to Australia. Oh, yes. Okay. So th this is actually true. <laughs> he was training in my gym with a, a, a buddy of mine and wanted to start training with me and knew that my buddy was going to be leaving training. And I didn't know this yet. And he's like, well, why don't you start working with me? I'm like, well, no, you work with my buddy Rico. I'm, I'm not. And he, and he was like, I, he was, I think he was kind of like thrown off a little bit. You're going to turn me down? No. And then Rico Make came back to me. Rico was like, no, 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 I'm leaving. I'm like, well, am I hearing that from you? He goes, yeah. I was like, all right, well, tell him I'll work with him. So it was like one of those stories. But then him and I hit it off. I mean, he was, he was an absolute gem. There was no social media back then. So I remember like, the I think he called up some press for me one day and I was like, no, no, you don't have to do it. You don't have to do it. It was um, kind of reminded of our conversation earlier, how you, I was like a purist. I just wanted to be in it to like, to train the client and make yeah. sure that they had a good experience and we got them ready. So it was really Wolverine to answer your question. Um, but when we sent them off to Wolverine, I think they put Wolverine on hold and then it was Australia. So he shot the movie Australia, yeah. then he rolled into Wolverine, which I trained him for about nine months. And then at that point, the floodgates opened. It was just, I got a call from everyone in Hollywood and met through him, one of my favorite human beings to this day is Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. And um, Ryan's, like a, Ryan's like a brother to me. I mean, he's literally been, I can't tell you how incredible for my career. He moved out of the area and, um, you know, I, I ran into him a couple of years ago and it was, it was great, but Ryan, Ryan and I literally communicate weekly and uh, I can't say a better thing about him and his wife, Blake. Well, there's two things. First and foremost, this speaks to your integrity, man. You know, you got Hugh Jackman, like right there knocking on your door, like, I want to work with you. And you turn him down because your friend, somebody that you, you know, are associated with, you know, that he's working with him. And my friend was a, an exceptional coach and yeah. it was just, I think it was more about just my friend was leaving, and, yeah. but I didn't know that there was kind of a miscommunication on that. So it was, it you got to, this is a thing about you, man. And also about, and we talked about this a little bit before we got started, the integrity factor, you know, and just that level of care, you know, those moments right there, when I even heard that story, I was like, man, like you're, you're just a good dude. Like you, Thank and, you, but it should be basic just to think about the other person. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 funny. I, I've surrounded myself with some good people in the industry, and and I um I'm almost shocked on how people don't have that level of integrity. I guess I get a little naive, or I was a little naive a long time ago. I've been in the business now almost 23, 24 years, so I'm yeah. I'm a seasoned vet. But um, that's why we, people love Game of Thrones so much, man. Yeah, yeah I love you it. Know? I love. It. I mean, I don't even think I've have I worked with anyone in Game of Thrones. I'm trying to think on that. Um, no more. I, I'm not sure if I. I'm talking in, about in real life. Oh, like, okay. Behind the stabbing in the back. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, those yeah, kind yeah. of that, things. That's actually a good example. That went right over my, my head. Normally, people are always asking me, have you worked with someone in this movie? And I immediately kind of go to that. We have had somebody from Game of Thrones on. Okay. Tom Hopper. Okay. You yeah. know, my guy. He's in an Umbrella Academy now. Cool. Freaking love him, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, team. so we, we're just in these circles, man. It's so cool. You got to treat people the way. right way, man. You know, you got to treat people the right way. You got to love what you do. And I think you, you, you got to hold yourself to a level of integrity. I mean, that's got to be your, your basic elements of your business plan. Yeah. And if you have that, I think you have a chance. Yeah. You know, so then after that, it's like, yeah, surround yourself with a team that can really help elevate your game. And if you can do that, then you have an even better chance. But it's competitive out there. But along the way, you can't be worrying about outdoing the next person. You just got to go in and do you and try and continue to better yourself and improve your game and be happy. You know, that's, that's, I think it's that basic. Yeah. Yeah. 
So we've got Wolverine origin story. That I think that was Wolverine Origins. Was yeah, you know, Wolverine. I, I, I lo- honestly, not to sound, uh, you know, I lose track. I really do at this point now. Like people are like, when did you start working with Ryan? I'm like, oh god, I don't twelve years ago. I don't remember what, what movie. This movie. I'm like all the movies since then. I don't all, know all the movies. All the movies since then. So. so, but you got. I mean, he went from you know Hugh Jackman to Hugh Jackman. You know, he like, got big. He's got a great name, period, just for that. He's got a great name. He was, and listen, he was so incredible for my career. I mean, I, I'm not even gonna, like, if he came in right now, we, we'd, we'd hug each other. He's fantastic. But he literally, um, he. I mean, I've got a lot to thank him for. If it wasn't for him, I mean, I don't know. I don't know where I would have been from a training standpoint. Remember, I was transitioning from um, kind of the strength and conditioning world. And, you know, getting the opportunity to work with someone like that, I think was really special. And it was a game changer. And then, yeah, I think, my business grew because of that level of that word you said earlier integrity i think they realized i was a good person and that you know i'm i'm you know i'm texting them late at night or i'm i'm, I'm checking in with them and, and what can i do to add value you know when you work you worked with people individually for years it's like you go home and you take that home with you yeah you know if they're not if they're struggling or something's going on you you wear that on your shirt so you know it's part of it obviously you know that the other side of this is the marketing aspect you know like that really took you to another level yep and the things that people are wanting unfortunately slash fortunately if they can get connected with you are like what is the superhero workout what is ryan reynolds program that's what i want i want to look like ryan yeah and you've you've definitely uh invested in some of those things you know there might be like videos out there done by men's health yeah but if people just get into your universe you're always again bringing people back to the basics just like oh, yeah. this program is for this person for this purpose. Well, it's all on donsaldino.com. No, we're kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, listen, it, it's there's nothing fluffy about it. I, I think every individual I work with, every celebrity, every big name, they're all starting at a different point. Um, you know, maybe structurally, Ryan's um, better with a trap bar deadlift than a conventional deadlift. So we'll have him trap bar because that's the position he gets into more safely, and that's the uh, movement that we can load him on. I still conventional deadlift, or I might have someone else do that. So it, it, it's really it becomes tough sometimes because when someone calls uh, calls me or messages me and says, "Well, I, I want that program," I'm like, "Well, this has been an evolution. This has been like do all the programs, like just you know get on and just." And I don't mean to be promoting myself. That's not the idea of it. But like you've got to learn to move. You got to establish a level of integrity in your movement, and then in time intensity, you know, should increase. And for those people out there who can't increase intensity. Consistency will trump everything. Just be consistent. Well, is that good enough? Well, it's good enough for you. Like, just stop trying to. This is not about going at a level ten. You know, every workout. This is about just being consistent, going in and leaving there in a good mindset. It's the number one thing that I. It's the one thing that I've always been able to control. Every client I've. God, I get struck by lightning. I'm trying not to lie on. Every client I've ever worked with has left the session in a better place. Mm. You you know, like I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if anyone hasn't left in a better place. That is my goal with them, is to make sure that if they're showing up, if they're having problems at work, their spouse, whatever it is, you have an hour, you have an hour and a half to make sure that you can flip that switch. If they were on a plane for 15 hours and they didn't sleep and they're coming in hungover and dehydrated, that workout's going to shift. Now we're going to have a little bit of a different workout now, but I'm still getting them to leave there in a better place mentally. And if everyone can take that approach, if they can come in, do their training session, if it's for five minutes, 10 minutes an hour, 10 minutes and leave in a better place mentally, then it's gonna happen. 
that should be the goal in my opinion unless you're training for an olympic sport and you have to you know throw a disc you know x amount of yards or whatever it is that's a very specific sport but for general population move better look better naked feel better higher levels of energy higher le- levels of sleep and recovery uh being happier if you can do all those things i mean come on i mean we're on yeah. the right track yeah so we've got an aspect here and i want you to talk about this of paying attention to the person mm. and paying attention to the needs and the personality type of the people that you're working with. So if you could, you mentioned Ryan a couple of times. So his personality type, as far as programming and the leeway that you give them on execution sure. versus you know, another actor that you've worked with. Yeah, I, I mean, and I, and I could talk about Ryan, we're, we're, we're very open about this. I think it's recognizing what's going on in his life. Because in my opinion, working with an actor is way more challenging than working with a uh, professional athlete. And the people are like, what are you talking about? Athletes have to, I'm like, no, like we know the athlete schedule. You know, yeah. we know what time zones they're going to be on. Ryan might have a call time tomorrow at 5 a.m. And it might have a call time the next day at 8 a.m. or 3 a.m. Like, you don't know what's going on. Like his work can get delayed an extra three hours. Like, you, you, don't, you don't know. So we have to always be able to adapt. So I, I think it's just recognizing his environment or not just him, anyone, recognizing anyone's environment. Are they away from their family? How are they handling that? Like, what if he's shooting a movie for three months and he's off in another state or another country and he's not around his family or his wife or his girls? Like, you got to take that stuff into consideration. That's going to be tough. You, you know, so um, it is personal, like personal training. It is oh, it is personal coaching. Wow. It is, it is yeah. something where, yeah, I mean, someone like Ryan, Ryan's easy, in my opinion, to work with because he's like, you know, he's, he's a machine. Like, do your homework. He's like, okay. And he just goes and he crushes it, you know? There's other people that I would never talk about on the show, but that might become a little bit more challenging and you might have to stroke a little bit more. That's part of it. It doesn't make Ryan any better. It doesn't make him any worse. That's part of what I'm here to do. I'm here to adapt to that individual and I'm here to get them from point A to point B the easiest. And if I can do that and I can make them happy throughout the process, then I'm doing my job. Whether it's the best program or whether it's Maybe not the best program, but we're keeping them consistent. I'm doing my my job. So I literally that's a game changer. Just it's Thank personal you. training, personal, that part of it. Yeah. That's powerful. Thank you. Powerful. <laughs> I, I didn't make it up. But <laughs> Got a quick break coming up. We'll be right back. One of the biggest issues facing our world today is the health of our immune system. And our immune system has many different dynamic parts. We have an innate immune system and we also have an adaptive immune system. Our adaptive immune system has an intelligence that helps us to adapt to any pathogen that we are faced with. And our nutrition is a big part of this equation because our immune cells are made from the foods and nutrients that we consume. And one of the most powerful nutritive sources proven to help fortify our immune system is highlighted in the study published in Mediators of Inflammation. They discovered that the polysaccharides in reishi medicinal mushroom were found to enhance the proliferation of T cells and B cells of our adaptive immune system. These were found to have the capacity to be immunomodulators, helping to uplevel the function and intelligence of our immune system, or if our immune system is overactive, to help to reduce and bring down that immune activity. Again, this is called immunomodulation and also inflammation of many different viruses that we might be exposed to is one of the big issues. And one of the viruses that we're facing right now has a tropism or target towards inflammation of our lungs. 
And another study published in Patents on Inflammation and Drug Discovery revealed that the renowned medicinal mushroom reishi has potent anti-inflammatory and anti-allergic action. Plus, again, it possesses immunomodulating capabilities. Super remarkable. It's one of the things that's been utilized for centuries that we have access to today, but we wanna make sure that it is dual extracted, meaning that it's a hot water extract and alcohol extract. So we're getting all of these benefits that are noted in studies like these. And the place that I get my reishi from that does it the right way, organic high quality reishi without any nefarious substances coming along from these random companies that are putting these formulas together is from Four Sigmatic. Go to foursigmatic.com forward slash model. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com forward slash model. And you're going to get 10 to 15% off all of the medicinal mushrooms that they carry. And by the way, Rishi is great for your sleep as well. This is another peer-reviewed study published in Pharmacology, Biochemistry, and Behavior. Found that the renowned medicinal mushroom Rishi was able to significantly decrease sleep latency, meaning you fall asleep faster and increase your overall sleep time and also increase your sleep efficiency. So much good stuff. And this is one of the things about real foods that have a storied history is that they're not just good for one thing, they're good for many things. All right, that's why I'm a big fan of Rishi and I have a cup many nights of the week before bed, about 30, 45 minutes before bed. Definitely helps with improving sleep quality, but also beneficial for our immune system. Maybe have it with a little bit of whole natural source, high quality fats like MCT oil, coconut oil, maybe a little bit of ghee, whatever it is that you're into to help to, to cut the bitterness, maybe a little bit, couple little drops of some stevia, some English toffee stevia, chocolate stevia, just to make it nice and palatable, or some folks have their reishi tea all by itself. Either way, it's one of the most effective things right now when immune health is a top priority. Check it out, foursigmatic.com forward slash model. And now back to the show. So I, again, the, the major reason that I wanted you here was to talk about this subject. And I'm very passionate, I know that you are as well, about just getting our communities healthier. Yeah. And unfortunately, it hasn't been a major part of the conversation in this crazy time that we're experiencing. Like, how can we actually get people healthier? So what are some of the things that you would want to see moving forward? Because, for example, personal training isn't covered with insurance. The accessibility, you know, you might need to live like I'm from Ferguson, Missouri. We didn't have a gym around anywhere. Like I didn't have access, but I, I went to the university. I was a student there. So I did have access. I could drive to the university and work out. Other than that, there's no, there's no goals. There's no 24-hour fitness. There's none of that stuff was even in my area. So what would you like to see moving forward to help to get our citizens healthier? You know, I, I think it's beginning with that minimalistic approach and doing things that you talk about in your books. I think it's brilliant. It's like, all right, hydration. It's like, all right, some sleep quality, not abusing caffeine, some basic stuff that, you know, someone's drinking coffee at 9, 10 p.m. And they're, and they're not sleeping properly. Well, there might be an issue. What's their alcohol consumption? All these things. I think are things that we can make little adjustments to. And I'm not saying you have to give them up, but there, but there has to be some type of a, a boundary, right? And then it's movement. It, it, it's sweating. It's, um, you don't have to do it for an hour, doing it for a few minutes. And you don't have to have money to do this stuff. You, you don't have to be rich. You don't have to hire a personal trainer. You can find some good 
coaches out there. Make sure they're coaches and they're not influencers. There's some or people who are, and that's unfair to some of the influencers because some of the influencers might actually be putting across a really good message. But find a coach out there that is going to be able to deliver some content, you know, and and who's you can go on and you can follow for free. Like I put up content all the time on my social media. I don't charge for it. Like follow me. It doesn't cost you anything. Like you'll get, you know, your body weight leg workouts or your upper body workouts or some cardio work. Or what do you do if I don't have equipment or if I'm traveling or if I'm getting off a plane or if I'm in a hotel? And I think you can always steal from, steal from people like me. I, I, I want you to, you know? So I, I think those are the easy things that you can really start focusing on a bit. And um, again, start for a few minutes a day. But if we can make one change a month, like imagine if you could turn around to someone right now and they would just, one thing this month, just focus on one thing. What, what's it going to be? You have hydration, you have sleep, you have maybe doing some exercise. Well, I think the water sounds easy. Like how much water? All right, half my body weight ounces. I'll spend all month just working on that. And I won't be successful some days, but at the end of the month, I'm going to try and get up to there. And if we get that under their belt, that's not hard. I'm feeling better. My energy level's better. All right, what's going to be your next change in month number two? All right, you know, I'm going to start walking. You know, I, I, I was, uh, you know, realizing that through my phone, I get a thousand steps a day and I'm going to start working to 5,000 steps a day. It's not 10,000, five, fine, 6,000, 7,000 month two. And I'm able to accomplish that. Now it's taking us time, but think about after 12 months, if you were able to have every person that ever listened to your show, make 12 big changes next year, we could what are we doing? Society. We would transform society. But the problem yeah. is, is everything's in a 20 day fix or a 21 day program or a 90 day program. And I'm not knocking P90X at all. Like your basic good movements that they came up with, the pull-up, the push-up, the split squat, yoga, all this stuff is great. You get someone trained in 90 minutes a day, six days a week has been sedentary, you're probably going to see a change. My question is, is are they going to stay with that after? And that's making, that's establishing habit and not doing something that's a quick fix and then they're going to fall off. That I have the, that I have the problem with. It, it's not, I'm not shifting gears here, but I'll have people, well, you know, I've tried the keto diet. I'm like, okay, fine. For some people, it's great. How'd it work for you? And they're like, well, I lost 20 pounds. I'm like, well, did you keep it off? No. I'm like, well, it didn't really work for you then, right? Like, I don't mean, I'm not bashing that diet. It was, it was the example I wanted to give. But in my opinion, the change works if you're able to make that change that you want to hold on for a lifetime. And if not, then I think we have to take a different approach to what it is we're trying to do. I totally agree. You know, it's the sustainability of it, mm -hmm. you know? And so I think that really goes back to the internal shift taking place to where you, it becomes something that you, in a sense, you're kind of addicted to something good for you. You know, you're, it's, right. it becomes a requirement for you. It's just, it just becomes a part of who you are. And so if you're not checking those boxes and you're just like forcing yourself for 21 days to do this thing, then we're probably going to land not just in the place that we started from, but probably going to backslide a little bit. My best friend and my training partner of 17 years is going to be 60 years old this year in November. I will never be in the type of shape he's in. He takes his shirt off. I will never look like him. He's un unbelievable. The guy was doing pull-ups the other day with 180 pounds around his waist. I cannot do that. Let's be, let's be very clear. Wow. He said a line to me probably 17 years ago when I met. He goes, Don, this is part of my survival. Mm, wow. This is part of my survival. This is what I need this every day. It's become such a habit for him. And he's great at shifting gears. He's great at saying, this isn't my day. This is what I'm going to do. I need to just move. But he does something. And when he needs a day off, he takes a day off. But this is part of his survival. And when he says survival, he means this. Yeah. And once this is good, 
you you know it's like oh is it 80 percent die is it 20 percent it's 100 percent this yes like, let's just take the right approach up here and then everything else is going to follow yeah man earlier when you mentioned the photo shoot that you did mm -hmm. and the amount of time for you to to get in that shape you were already knocking on that door you're already right there yeah, outside listen, the door. i mean i always say i have a line of, I, my line is i want all the people i work with two weeks out 365 days a year people are like what does that mean i'm like two weeks out if ryan gets a call from a magazine to be on the cover shirtless which i know he wouldn't do anyway i'm making fun of him right now um you know i want them two weeks out and for and for me when i got um i've been on the cover of muscle and fitness men's health a few other magazines but when i got the co uh, call to do the cover of muscle and fitness i just shot it i think a week and a half ago maybe two weeks ago i had four weeks to prepare for it so in that preparation what do i do i just got to dial in my macros a little bit you know do i do i intensify my training a little bit i start maybe forcing some more reps but it's more of a mental thing for for me i feel like i can get a little tighter and um just make sure that my eating i still have variability in the sense of micronutrients right like mm -hmm. i want to make sure i'm getting all my you know fiber and vitamins and minerals and all that stuff so i, I don't eat like a traditional bodybuilder but then I, I take some things from that bodybuilding world i know where my proteins are i know where my carbs are i know where my fats are my carbs are much higher than most bodybuilders i have bodybuilder friends of mine that compete on the olympia stage and on my low on my low carbohydrate days i consume more than their highest like I might be consuming 280 grams of carbs on my low days because my body just burns it a little bit differently. I've kind of established that, um, I hate using this word, but that like burn, I've like established that integrity with how my body burns calories. Yeah. I'm never really in a deficit, but we tweak some things and then the body just starts tightening up a little bit. And every day you wake up and you're like, all right, there's some veins there I didn't really have. Yeah. You see this little transformation going on. It's cool and it's fun. And then after uh, the shoot, I'm not going there and pounding a pizza, or you know, drinking fifteen beers, I you know, I just start transitioning to maybe getting a little bit more calories, getting a little bit more fat, and I keep it clean and healthy. And if I want to crush a pint of ice cream, I go do that, or have a burger, I do that. But then I get right back on it, and I'm not, um, I'm not kind of overstaying my welcome because I want two weeks out, three hundred sixty-five days a year, right? So we got to kind of stay in that, that 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 area. I love that, man. Like that's so two things. Number one, you're speaking about metabolic individuality, mm. right? Which is for me, something I've been working to impress upon culture for years because I saw it firsthand in my practice. I had a very, I think you're just, we're indoctrinated to teach this when we're working with patients to, if this type of diet is a thing, low fat diet, uh, vegan diet, ketogenic diet, this is the thing that everybody's teaching, people should do this thing. Mm -hmm. But in reality, everybody's so different. So you having that higher intake of carbohydrates and still just being able to crush it, to feel good, to be at the, the physique that you want versus somebody else doing something different, that's what it's all about, is paying attention. And it's totally yeah. fine. I actually, I do believe in metabolic flexibility. I, 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 it's, it's, some people might be like, well, that's not really a thing. I'm like, no, I, I do believe that we, that we adapt. And if we're eating one specific diet all the time, and you see it sometimes with vegans, I'm not here trying to talk anyone out of being a vegan, but I'll hear people will turn around and they'll say, oh, well, I got on the vegan diet and I feel great. I'm like, well, what was your diet before that? Well, I was eating burgers and, and, and fries and drinking alcohol. And then what'd you do? Well, I stopped and I went to more of a plant-based diet and I had healthy grains and vegetables and fruits. And I'm like, great. Like on, on, on Game Changers, when they took that, that whole um, group of firefighters and they transitioned them from eating terribly right. to eating plant-based, yeah, they're going to lose weight. Like, my question is, how are you feeling in six months? And maybe it's, maybe it's time to transition to something else. Maybe your body really needs other nutrients that it's not getting. 
And I'm not here to ever tell anyone, well, you should be doing this, you shouldn't be doing that. But if you want my professional opinion, I'll give it. But I also know that if I'm doing a fat adapted diet and I feel fantastic out of the gate for the first six, seven weeks, in week 10, 11, 12, I felt terrible from it. I'm just like, oh, wow, I'm just depleted and I just don't have enough carbs. And my muscles don't have a pump and I'm going for long runs and my heart rate's elevated. And then when I get higher carbohydrates in, I just feel like my, my sleep improved. You know, my aura read, reading, uh, my aura ring readings improved and all these little things that show behavioral change has, is very obvious. So that for me gets really fun, but that's not something you can learn overnight. You need experience. You're great at what you do. Yes, because you got an education on this stuff, but you also trial and error and you spend time going through these things that were learning curves for you. Yeah, absolutely. And that metabolic flexibility is a major component for sure, uh, because there is that exists for all of us. We are human beings are incredibly adaptable. Mm -hmm. You know, we're just, we're like, well, I mean, I'm not gonna say we're like cockroaches, but we we survive, we're survivors, oh, you know yeah. what I mean? But at the same time, and also surviving on different types of food sources, we've done this throughout our evolution. But today, more than ever, it's a lot more cognitive mm -hmm. versus physiological needs, yeah. you know? And so it's just like, we, 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 we're trying to think our way into a certain diet framework, or whatever the case might be. And as you mentioned, as we shift away from the SAD diet, the standard American diet, into any of these diet frameworks where we're including more real food, mm -hmm. we're gonna feel better, but we've gotta give ourselves permission. And some people have more flexibility than others, you know? And that all is gonna depend on you as a unique individual. So I'm so glad you Beautifully said, it's perfectly said. Yeah. So we've got this metabolic flexibility component, and you also mentioned the two week out mindset. And this for me is just really about just really staying ready and having that tenant like your, your training partner and for him, it's about survival. So tapping and finding that thing for yourself where you make it a part of, again, like this is a part of my life. This is a part of my survival. It's a part of my, who I am as a right. human being. Right. I love it. It's, it's, not, it's not work for me. It's, it's something I feel like as I've become more experienced and my training age has in, increased, um, I've gotten better at it and I can almost enable success, you know, 10 out of 10 times. I mean, I'm going in, if, whether I'm feeling good or whether I need a day off or whether I um, have to scale back, I can figure out a way to find success. And for me, I think that's why I've had a high level of growth, not only in this field of work, but with my own physique and my own body and instilling that same thought process in a lot of the people that I work with, acting as a coach, yeah. talking to them like, no, it's okay. Like, listen, man, like, you haven't had a cheat meal in four weeks. Like, go, you want a slice of, you, you're talking about a slice of pizza. You brought up three times already. Yeah, go have a slice of pizza. You're going to be all right. Do you really want one? Yeah. You'll be, well, is that okay? Yeah, it's fine. Go, go have it. It's like, it's all right. Like we, I think we gotta, we gotta loosen up a little bit. Taking yeah. a day off isn't, isn't a bad thing. It could be a very good thing for us. Ah, uh, thank you for that, man. Like, you know, it feels like we're not going to send this in an email to everybody, a picture of you, you know, eating your pizza. It's just, I think for some folks, it's just these, um, we're just inundated with a lot of um, rhetoric about how sh things are supposed to be, we're supposed to do this, we're not supposed to do that. When in reality, when I talked about this earlier, um, through our evolution, we didn't have a lot of things that we have access to, to today, but that doesn't all have to be a bad thing. Right. You know, like so many things have created the opportunity for us to become better. Yeah. But it's just us having more of a meta perspective and taking these things. and. I want to mention this earlier because when I asked you about what can we do to move our society forward, you said this important word. You said a lot of this stuff is free, you know? So I'm thinking about myself in my 
one bedroom apartment in Ferguson, Missouri, like not having access, but I've got a body, you know, and I could, I could walk, I could hit the ground and do some push-ups or whatever the case might be. We've got to start to think about what we can do and what sleep we, is free. Yeah. You know, it's sleep, free. Sleep is free. It's I mean, I'll, free. Steal, I'll steal that line from Paul Check. I heard him say it, I think, 20 years ago. It's the best fat burner and it's free. Like he's talking yeah. about that. Yeah. Sleep is free. Like water's free. I mean, buying, you know, tap water, of course. But um, yeah, I, I think we start, we, we, we start alluding to the pill or the, you know, what can we take or, you know, what is the best when we are not nailing down the basics? I had a, I had a friend of mine message me last night about a testosterone booster. I know nothing about testosterone boosters. I'm like, I, don't, I can't even pronounce this. I saw it on the Joe Rogan show. Joe Rogan was talking about it. I'm like, listen, man, do me a favor. Stop sleeping three hours a night. <laughs> Let's I just said that to him and he brought, I know, sleep. I could stop sleeping three yeah. hours a night just because Joe Rogan's bringing them on. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's some truth to what the guy's saying. I don't know. I have no idea. But I do know is that you're getting a lot of the stuff that you need to be getting right wrong. And I would focus on that first. Man, I love you, man. Listen, my my son Jordan, again, he's in cre- incredible shape, man. He just he absolutely is. But he was going through a period where, you know, my guy, and for him, it's it was a part of his his survival. What yeah. he created in his own mind. Mm-hmm. But I gotta get up before everybody and finish my workout before the rest of the world wakes up. Oh, so yeah. he's in college, but he's getting up at 4 a.m., getting his crazy workouts done. And he's doing that. And also he got into a little phase there where he was staying up late as well. Yeah. It's just like, you got to pick one here. And eventually he started, you know, getting little colds that he couldn't shake. And I'm just like, and he's like, dad, should I take such as, I'm just like, how much did you sleep? But, but you know, this guy said that if I take the, you're, are you getting your sleep? How many hours of sleep yeah. are you getting, Jordan? You yeah. know, just like the basics, man. But this. This is the thing with our culture, man. You know, it's we, we so tend funny to... that you bring this up because yeah. the Huffington Post, I'm going to throw them under the bus right now. I don't, I, don't, I don't care. The Huffington Post did an article years ago about the most successful you know, entrepreneurs, CEOs, Hollywood stars, and they start naming like Mark Wahlberg waking up at 2.30 in the morning. To the, do you hear about yeah, this? I'm like, course, oh God, yeah. I'm rolling my eyes. I'm like, come on, man. Like, what are you, like, like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, like Tony Robbins gets up at whatever it is, 4.35 a.m. I'm not here telling you that they're not bad people, but why are we glorifying that? If you have the opportunity to wake up by your natural clock every morning, and it's like that clock is 6.25 in the morning, you're waking up while the sun's rising, and you can go and you can drink tea and go for a walk outside, do it. <laughs> it yeah. makes you way better than anyone else, in my opinion. If you're able to do that, you're going to be establishing this equity in your body, but we're glorifying Mark Wahlberg who wakes up at 2.30 a.m. to get his workout in. Say hi to your mother for me. Yeah, like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what are you doing, man? Like, why are you promoting this? But the other part that they don't put the spotlight on is the fact that even though my guy is getting up at, I guess, 2.30, he's also going to bed at 7 p.m. in the evening. Yeah, they're not talking you know, about they're that They're not either. talking about that aspect of it. Right. You know, one of my, uh, just, I mean, I love this guy so much. Really good friend. I've had him on multiple times. Eric Thomas, okay. top motivational speaker on the planet. His big thing, he's getting up and grinding. He's up at 4 a.m., you know, but what people don't understand, and he's telling people like, you know, yeah, and the big thing is like sleep is for suckers, right, and all this stuff. He's talking about sleeping when you biologically, your body's good, you slept enough, and you're just staying in bed being lazy. But mom, he's going to bed, he's going to fall asleep at 8 p.m. When I I had to wake up at 4 a.m., it was because I had to, and I was in bed never a minute later than 9 o'clock. 
and it was nine to four. Did I wish I was getting more sleepy? Yes, but it's not bad, right? Yeah, it's it's same, not bad, right? Yeah, but thing. it's one of those things where if I had the opportunity to be able to do more, I would have. My responsibility had to get me up in the morning. Um, I just tell the full message. Don't say, get up at 3 a.m. People are like, okay, I'm out to dinner. It's 10, 11 o'clock at night. Like, no, don't get up at 3 a.m. if yeah. you don't have to. This isn't good for you long-term. No one's yeah. ever won that battle, by the way. Yeah, the grind is when you're when you're awake and you're, you, know, you get your sleep, you get your biological need met, needs met, and then you grind, you execute and be right. dangerous while you're up. Right. You know what I mean? So, well, I can't have you here without giving the people what they want, man, which uh -oh. is, we got to talk, what are, the, what are the secrets to the six pack? Um, we got to oh, talk about man. it. We got to talk about, I mean, yeah. This is this is the thing again when people are seeing the magazine cover, yeah, sure. they're seeing, you know, Ryan Reynolds, they're seeing all these folks and, you know, it's something that we aspire towards as a physical culture. Like we we admire the physical culture of, you know, the Greeks and the Romans sure. and, you know, even the, the the ancient Egyptians. What do we do to access that physique, you know, that's that the, the illustrious six pack. What are the one secrets movement. here? It's only one. No, okay. Um, no, <laughs> I it, know it's not going to be right. what people think. No, but it, you want to know what? So first off, like when I'm for, for my, you know, for the six pack, um, I probably train at, at my abs directly maybe twice a week at the most on a good week. So maybe it's once a week. I have a couple exercises I love to do. I love some type of a hanging leg raise. I love like a Copenhagen plank. Um, I Can love, you explain that? Yeah, Copenhagen plank would be where you're getting into a side plank position with your foot, um, with your leg elevated up onto a bench or a block. And you're almost taking one leg and like putting it into a sprinter pose. And you have to heavily engage everything from your serratus to your obliques to your, to your core. So um, it's a way of training all of this from an anti-rotational standpoint. So I love, um, and I, I'll actually throw in a weighted kneeling crunch. I don't, I, I don't ever do crunches, but a kneeling crunch where my elbows will go to my knees. Um, I actually believe in, in adding some type of resistance with our abs because if we're just sitting here, I mean, I'm not gonna grab a five pound weight and do this 500 times. Why am I gonna sit there and just, I like to develop my abs to be a little blockier and a little thicker. Developing, I try and make my abs more muscular. And then through nutrition, I'm able to keep my, um, my, my skin thinner and my fat levels lower. So when I went in for a DEXA, my, my, fat, my, my body fat percentage around my midsection was at 5%. So my midsection is lean. If my body fat was, was higher, it's because my legs might hold a little bit more from a lot of the powerlifting that I ended up doing and that type of training. So I know a lot of my abdominal work doesn't really come from those abdominal exercises that I, I named uh, ab wheels. I love ab wheels. Um, it came from me deadlifting and doing some form of a squat and being able um, to run. I mean, in college, I, in college, I was a little bit of a runner. I ran a 452 mile in college. I could move at about 219 pounds. I was a, a big guy. I'm about 212 pounds now. So I was heavier. That's I, scary. I, was, uh, I can That's run scary, scary three to five miles. I was like, I was fast for a, for a big guy. Yeah. Um, but I don't run as much anymore. But going in and hitting my cardio, not overstaying my welcome and developing strength and hypertrophy. So going in and building muscle is how I get my body to be really tight in conjunction with a proper eating plan. So um, when I need to get my abs a little bit sharper, yeah, the macros dial in and everything becomes a little monotonous from day to day. But my training all year long, um, I train hard. It's If I'm training at 20 reps, people are like, well, do you train light or heavy? I'm like, I always train heavy. Well, it's, it's bad to train at low reps. I didn't say that. I said, I always train heavy. If it's 20 reps, it's heavy. 
if it's 10 reps, it's heavy. If it's one rep, it's heavy. It's always, it's always hard and heavy. And I have to adjust intensity according to how I feel, maybe how my readiness is. Or if I'm coming off of a specific type of training that's a lot of power and a lot of strength and I'm starting to overstay my welcome, I, I adjust my training to maybe work more on work capacity or muscular endurance. And then I'll maybe lose a little bit of strength, but focus on those other qualities. So I think it's the fact that I'm always going into a program. And when I go into that program, I commit to it. And I try and be the best I can with it, but my nutrition's always tight and the ab training's there and uh, just try and be strong. I mean, it's the combination of all those things. It's just all those things working together in time, um, I believe is what can give you a physique that's, you know, um, as I call cover ready. Yeah. The thing is the formula is so simple. It's not sexy. you, You didn't really, most of what you shared was not about ab exercises. No. So I want to reiterate this because- the truth is our basic human template, you know, like my son, my youngest son is nine. He's, he's got a six pack, you know, like you could see the definition, the muscles are there. We all have these abdominal muscles already there, mm-hmm. but it can get covered up with some stuff. Yeah. And you can specifically target, like you said, to make those muscles thicker. But in the reality, what we want to do is to reduce the body fat yeah. and through all the other things that you said and just have overall functionality and all the things that tie into the abs. It's not just the rectus abdominis it's the whole area in the around that yeah from a functionality standpoint for me that's that's most important if i can get up and i can get on a trap bar and pick up 700 pounds and walk you know 20 yards with it my abs have to be strong right my core has to be strong if i'm you know doing a, a zercher squat and i've got at least 315 or 365 in my arms and i can hold that with a perfect spine like my core is strong and my abs are getting a lot of work doing that. So I still like individually touching, I always call it touching like the abs and maybe hitting it once or twice a week because I like to feel like they're tight and feel like they're good. And, 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 and I do believe it helps a little bit. But we got to get that other stuff right first. I mean, some of the powerlifters that I know, you go up to their abs and you, you hit them in the abs. You could shoot them in the stomach with a 22. And I, I doubt <laughs> it would even go through their ab- abdominal wall. Like they're so strong, but you can't see an ab because they got a layer of fat over them. So- if we remove that layer of fat, they probably look a little bit different, but that's by their choice. I mean, that's what they want to do. And their, their job is powerlifting and they have to be able to total, you know, 25, 2,600 pounds. It's a mm. lot of weight. <laughs> it sounds like a new good test that you could do at your new gym, the 22 chat uh, yeah. test <laughs> where you shoot somebody in the stomach. Yeah. Get, that, that won't work. Don Saladino's I'll stay exclusive away from that test. I'll stay away from that you one. You mentioned something earlier about the DEXA scan specifically yep. for your your abdominals. Yeah. So this is a newer technology. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Well, on the DEXA scan, and I, I go to this guy, Brian Jonas, uh, who owns DEXAFIT, Syosset, phenomenal facility. Um, you can always look him up and he can defer you to another facility in the country. But when you lay down on the DEXA table, it's about a eh, seven, eight minute test where you have to stay completely motionless. And it'll actually break down segmentally you know, how your right leg, your left leg, like how much muscle is that holding? How much fat is on each side? And then you could start looking at imbalances. Oh, well, that's, in- that's interesting. Well, you know, you've, you have two pounds of extra muscle in your right leg. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. You know, I, I broke my left leg, you know, years ago and I really favored it and because of that I developed a bad hip or something like that happened to where now it's starting to throw off the way that we move and how we distribute weight on one side of the body or maybe i'm doing a lot of bilateral work and i'm pushing more with this side because this side is just not firing the right way so i think it really it's not only aesthetics it's giving you the approach to be able to kind of dive in and say all right maybe there's something going on from a movement standpoint maybe i'm favoring this side of the body or maybe 
I'm always, oh, wow, you know what? Why, why, why is my shoulder higher? Well, you carry a bag on that side. Oh my God, I've been doing that my whole life. Yeah, like the strap of your bag's on that side. Your shoulder's always like this. Yeah, no wonder that's, switch sides, wear a backpack, do something a little bit differently. So I think it's not only about aesthetics. It's not always about getting that number, you know, everything symmetrically perfect. You know, I work with golfers. I've worked with a lot of golfers and they're like, well, I rotate so much to one side and not to the other. I should work on both sides. I'm like, I don't know, man. You might screw everything up. Like, well, what do you mean? Well, that asymmetry is what might've given you greatness. And we, we just have to protect you. At this point now, it's resiliency. I just want to make sure that nine months a year, 10 months a year, your body's not breaking down. I don't care if you hit the golf ball five or 10 yards further. I don't care. You're already hitting at 320 yards. It doesn't matter. Work on your short game, stay resilient, stay healthy. Make sure that when you're trying to travel to Malaysia, that your body's not breaking down and we have the right amount of food packed with you. That's the things, those are the things I want you to focus on. So, um, yeah, from a DEXA standpoint, I don't know how I just got in the golf, but it's, you know, it does, it will break down um, segmentally what's going on between upper and lower halves. It told me I had, um, I think I had close to 12% body fat in my legs. I had 5% in my, um, in my uh, midsection and 6% in my overall torso. So they were like, all right, well, what's been going on with your lower body training? Well, interesting. You know, I did a lot of running. And I did um, a lot more powerlifting my lower of lower body. Now I'm focusing a little bit more on hypertrophy, and I'm curious to see if I can get that number mm-hmm. down a little bit. You know, right now, um, gave me some great feedback during hockey season. I'm a I'm a an amateur hockey player. We 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 play like club with a group of guys, but it's right next to my house, and I can go down and play five days a week for one hour. We play. It's competitive. It's fun. Some collegiate guys. I played six five to six days a week last winter. And I lifted five days a week and I was eating beautifully. I lost a pound of muscle and gained a pound of fat. And people were like, how is it possible? Like you're ripped, like you're this and that. I'm like, guys, I wasn't getting enough calories in. Mm. Like I was eating, I was burning more than I was eating. This is showing the importance of not being in a deficit. And right when season ended, I transitioned and I was able to burn eight pounds of fat and put on two pounds of muscle through that DEXA. So sometimes that data can work against us because it can make you a little crazy. But if you can be, um, if you can use it from, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, a positive way. If you can be positive with it and you can use it as a guide and a gauge to adjust things, I think it can be magic. That's great, man. That's great. So it's been amazing, man, hanging out with you. I and I want to ask you about a thousand other things, I but I know you. that there's an excitement that you have going right now for some changes that, oh, yeah. that are taking place. You know, you recently closed your world famous gym in New York City, and it just so happened to happen during COVID and the lease being yep. ready to expire, but you're opening something else, a new baby of yours. Talk a little bit about that. It's fine. I I thought I was going to be depressed when I closed drive. I mean, you always think, well, how am I going to be when I leave it? I couldn't have been any happier. It was a great uh, stepping stone for me. I'm opening a facility called The Barn. It's a 2,000 square foot multi-level gym, 25 foot high ceilings, life fitness and hammer strength that perform better are fully outfitting it. I've got a five person outdoor um, infrared sauna, a two man uh, cold plunge, a 90 foot sprint track, an outdoor move strong unit. I've got a podcast area. I literally, it's going to be like my Shangri-La where when I want to have a celeb in to do their transformation, or um, I might host some camps out of there, but this is going to be my home gym. And this is going to be uh, professionally done. It's in my eyes, it's like the, the uh, new aged uh, home gym. It's a little excessive. It's a little overboard, but um, this is going to be the place where I continue to build my you know um, online business. And um I'm just, I couldn't be any more excited. We're probably about 
a month out from being completed and all the equipment coming in. So we're really getting the windows just went in and uh, it's exciting stuff. I got some great sponsors, some great companies are, um, are, uh, are hooking us up with some incredible equipment and it's going to be, um, it'll be world-class. I want to have you out. Anytime you're in New York, man, oh, you got to come out, Consider we'll it done. eat some good food. We'll train. We'll have a good time. Yeah. Already done, man. Done. So just with it being a bit more exclusive now, mm-hmm. where can folks connect with you more, learn more, sure. get more education? You've shared so many great insights and there's so much more for you to share. Where thank you. Thank you. Me? I mean, donsaladino.com is really the hub. I mean, yeah, I'm pretty heavy on Instagram, but I think donsaladino.com shows all my pillars and all the ways of being able to get in touch with me and you know, companies that I work with and projects that I'm working on. And I think at the very least, my, my newsletter is free. Get all, I've always given away free content and free programs. And I know through the pandemic that first month, I gave away a four-week free bodyweight program. And people are still, you know, re- recycling that. And I put a 2.0 out that I gave away. So I'm really into giving a lot of free stuff. And I think it's fun. That's awesome, man. Well, Don, you're truly one of the good guys. Thanks, man. I appreciate out it. Out here, man. You. And I'm just so grateful that you're doing this work and you were thinking bigger at a time when a lot of folks were still, you know, just kind of this uh, brick and mortar paradigm, Mm -hmm. which is great. But you were thinking about how can I impact more people, reach more people. And now you've got so many different things that are available for folks. So, Well, thanks for leading by example. I mean, you've got my favorite podcast and I think everything that you're doing is unbelievable. Your message is incredible. Derek and I loved having you on our podcast recently and uh, excited to see what you have uh, in store. Hey, man, I've received all that. Thank you so much, brother. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. See you again soon. Don Saladino, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into the show today. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. If you did, please share this episode out with your friends and family on social media. You can tag me. I'm at Sean Model and tag Don as well. He's at Don Saladino. And just let him know what you thought about this episode. And listen, we've got some incredible guests coming up on a myriad of different health and wellness topics and also some powerful masterclasses. So make sure to stay ready. All right, take care, have an amazing day, and I'll talk with you soon. And for more after the show, make sure to head over to themodelhealthshow.com. That's where you can find all of the show notes, you can find transcriptions, videos for each episode, and if you got a comment, you can leave me a comment there as well. And please make sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating to let everybody know that the show is awesome, and I appreciate that so much. And take care, I promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help you transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.